Hi, this is Chris Foreman from Madness, and you're listening to the Stateside Madness Podcast. <laughs> Hi there, folks out there. I'd like you to meet Tommy McGuire's combo. Hello, and welcome to the Stateside Madness Podcast, the one and only podcast of the official Madness American fan service. I'm Lori, along with my co-host Polly, here to bring you news, reviews, and deep dives into the nutty sound of the British pop band Madness. Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of Stateside Madness. I'm Lori. And I'm Polly. And I am so excited at our guest today, Polly. Yeah, same here. Um, so today we're going to be speaking with Matt Holt. Matt, uh, those of you in the madness sphere probably will uh, recognize Matt as half of Bed and Breakfast Men, uh, the sort of quasi-tribute uh, act quasi vaudevillian ukulele act that does their original material and all around just nutty guys uh and we've uh spoken with matt and boy does that guy like to talk about bed and breakfast men and madness you will see this guy is high energy hey without any further ado let's invite matt into the studio Holt from the Bed and Breakfast Men. Hello, 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 guys. Thank you so much for inviting us on. Well, I'll say yeah. as well, I'm going to speak on behalf of my cousin Nick, but yeah, I'm Matt Holt and uh, vocal and ukulele, and uh, my, the taller one, Nick, uh, is my cousin um, who can't be here, but uh, he'll be listening. He'll be listening. So, uh, hello, Nick, and uh, yeah, thank you for inviting the Bed and Breakfast Men on. This is such an honour. This is oh. fantastic. This is our first podcast we've ever done. So yeah, cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so our listeners might remember we actually played your version of Dust Devil. Uh we did our we did our episode on Liberty of Norton Folgate. You guys very kindly gave us permission to play that. So thank you. But um a a madness tribute band with ukuleles. How did that come about? Well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go quite far back. And so it, it should make some sense. And so bear with me. You're going to think this, well, this is a bit of a long story. But um, so back to 1998, 
So I'd say that Nick and I are second generation Madness fans because by the time we actually got our act together and became fans, Madness unfortunately had split up uh, with the single Waiting for the Ghost Train. So in 1998, we were young kids and we used to stay at our granny's house and our favourite toy was uh, a cassette tape. So we'd got into Madness from our older cousin had basically moved on to CDs, he'd given us all of his old, a lot of people did this, got rid of all their LPs. And I suddenly found myself with a lot of Madness records. And, you know, I, I was aware, I was born in 1976, so I was aware of them as a kid playing at discos and that kind of thing, but I was just a bit too young to be into music. By the time I'd kind of woken up to it, uh, they'd gone. You know, so then I, was, I found myself with all these records and uh, played them to my cousin Nick, and we both really got into Madness. And so we had uh, a cassette recorder, Nick had a cassette recorder. So our favourite thing to do, this is before karaoke, I'm not saying we invented it, but this is before karaoke, we'd, we'd go to town and buy ourselves a blank cassette tape, you know, a C90 or whatever they used to be called, Maxell. We'd put, a, put it in, in the uh, one cassette recorder, we'd put a Madness uh, album in the other, and we'd sing along to our favourite songs and make our own little albums that Nick would draw the covers and we pretended we were in this band. I think the band were called The Tuesdays, if I remember rightly. We'd made up this, and we used to also always also get singles and we'd, we'd cover them in, in paper and make our own sleeves and, and drawers on the front. So, we, you know, we were young kids pretending to be in a band, you know, using our imagination. Um, but we'd, we started to develop, even back then, harmonies. We were, we were fans of bands like, uh, well, going way back, like the Everly Brothers, that kind of harmony group. But then uh, The Proclaimers, uh, the House Martins, that then became the Beautiful South. We liked harmonies, really liked uh, singing together and har harmonising. And um, we noticed that in some of the songs that we were doing, we were, we were kind of harmonising on songs that um, didn't have madness songs, that didn't really have harmonies, or, or they kind of weren't as obvious. So then fast forward, you know, imagine these, leave these two kids behind back in, back in, the, late, uh, in the late 90s. Um, when we, we grew up, our first proper gig when Madness got back together was Finsbury Park. So that was a big influence on us. When we found out we were getting back together, we suddenly were, you know, enthused again that there was going to be new music and all that kind of thing. We still weren't driving by this. We're still, you know, young 15, 16 year olds. So for that to be our first kind of big festival, that made a big impact on us. You imagine, you know, hearing a band that you thought were never going to play live again, you're there. Uh, and a fantastic warm evening. I remember it really, really well. Um, and so that had a big influence. Then, so we've grown up, we've, we've all we've, we've gone off and got jobs and become older men. Um, and unfortunately, Nick and I, our dads, who are brothers, uh, they both passed away quite close together. So I was 26 and I lost my uh, dad to pancreatic cancer. And the year after, uh, Nick unfortunately lost his dad, my dad's brother, Roy. Um, to a brain tumour. So um, we'd been playing in different things like guitars and different things together all the way through university, but, you know, just the same way of recording on tapes and having fun. So we decided to go out busking and we called ourselves the Lonesome Pines, which I don't know if there's any Laurel and Hardy fans out there, but uh, that would kind of indicate some of the songs that we play. We played all sorts of different things. Again, this vocal harmony thing was a, was a strong uh, element to it because it's just it was basically me on a ukulele and uh, and vo my vocal and, and Nick's vocal and we noticed well, so we did this once a year um, we'd kind of go around and uh, we had five different spots and we were raising money for cancer research a charity 
because of you know what happened with our fathers and um it it, it got us back together again we, we got into that mode where when we were like little kids we'd meet up we'd sing songs together and it was really just like we were in granny's front room all those years ago and we noticed that we had a couple of madness songs in so we had my girl which we'd taken from a top of the pops performance when madness got back together they played top of the pops over here in the 90s and they did my girl with harmonies and stuff which really resonated with us because they hadn't really been the harmonies on the original version so Chaz and the guys obviously got back and thought about you know how we're going to do a little bit different now where now time's moved on so we played we did a version of my girl and it must be love and I distinctly remember one day we were it was chucking it down with rain or pouring it down with rain and uh we were packing down from the uh from playing on a street corner and a lady came along and put five pounds well, that is in dollars, seven dollars. What's, what's probably five dollars now, isn't it? With the exchange rate, <laughs> she popped that into, and I said, "Oh, sorry, we've just we've finished. Uh, we've just finished the last song. Was it Must Be Love?" She said, "I oh, know. I was listening around the corner. I've just gone to the bank, and I love that song. And I've just got five pounds out." And something in this the madness song seems to be going down really really well even though we thought madness on a ukulele and just two vocals it's a stretch when you think of all the saxophone solos and all the other stuff there's a lot on madness records you know there's a seven piece band there's a lot in the mix that uh, clive langer and alan winstanley put together um so i was a member of mad chat i believe from we'll talk probably we'll talk about a film I made, Morris and Minor documentary, a bit later. But I was a member from that. I, I got got on board and tried to find people who'd be interested in, in a film about Morris Miners. And so I just uploaded a video of us playing My Girl. And Steve Farthing of Mad Chat spotted it and said, hey, how would you guys like to uh, <laughs> like to play the Dublin Castle? And, you know, our jaws dropped. And we were like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Thinking, you know, they wanted us to get up on stage for maybe two songs, the two Madness songs that we knew, <laughs> and, uh, and play the Dublin Castle. And so we agreed, you know, without thinking too much about it. And then uh, this was this would have been uh, 2016. And the, the gig was going to be in 2017, March 2017. Uh, so this was probably about in the, in the summer of 2016. So he said, I want you to play for an hour of Madness songs. And me and Nick were like, an hour of Madness songs. So 
we'd agreed already. Then suddenly the nerves kick in. You think to yourself, this is going to be terrible. You know, who's going to want to watch a, a short guy with a ukulele, a taller guy as a, as a knockoff madness band? Um, you know, this is just, and we started to get the fear start setting. But then we had an idea of, okay, let's set up a YouTube channel. We're going to have to work some more songs out, obviously, because we've only got two, unless we keep playing the two songs. We're bound to get booed off stage if we do that. Um, so we set up the YouTube channel. We thought we'll test it. So we'll make these songs. We'll, we'll cover the songs that we love, because I do believe in life in general. Do the thing you love, then you'll do it with passion. You'll do it with, you, know, you guys know this with your, with your podcast. If you start doing something you, you, you're enthusiastic about and you love, it tends to resonate with other people. And if you resonate with other people and get an emotional reaction from other people, then you're halfway there. That's halfway the battle. So our first song that we did, uh, we put up was Waiting for the Ghost Train, which was one of our favourites. Because when we found out they'd split, this became like, oh, this is the last song. So we played that probably more than the other ones. Because like, this is, a, you know, this is a grail. This is the only, the, the last song they did. But don't you tell me there's nothing coming. And uh, again, it went, it went down well. We got quite a few views. So then we started judging it by, you know, what we could work. I mean, obviously, one step beyond. You can't really do that on a ukulele. We've even tried introducing a gazoo. It's terrible, awful. But things like In the Middle of the Night or uh, uh, oh, Deceives the Eye, those kind of songs that we're pulling out that are not, you know, these are B-sides. So right, or deep they, album tracks, yeah. Or deep album tracks. But also we could do stuff... It was our weakness of being this ukulele, just based on the ukulele and tambourine and, and vocals, became actually a strength because we realised we could do a lot of the stuff that the other tribute bands couldn't do or realise that if they're going to play to a mass audience of probably not Madness fans, they're going to have to play the hits. You know, you're going to have to do Our House, all that kind of stuff. But we knew we were playing to super keen, super uh, Madness aficionado fans at the Dublin Castle where, uh, you know, uh, Madness had their first break and their residency and all this kind of thing. So it suddenly became, we started to gain our confidence because we're getting such lovely comments. People were saying, oh, that's great. I've never heard that played before. Well, and a lot of the stuff we were doing, put on, on a YouTube, sorry, um, it wasn't there. There were no videos of, you know, there was obviously the proper pop video to wait for the ghost train, but there wasn't anybody playing it on a guitar or a ukulele. So we were doing stuff for the first time and then suddenly our confidence grew and it grew so much that um, we'd called ourselves the bed and breakfast men by that stage. We couldn't call ourselves uh, the lonesome pines because you know, the chance of being that many Laurel and Hardy fans at the gig is, you know, it's a bit of a gamble. Um, so we changed the name to the bed and breakfast men because we didn't want to put madness in the title and be, um, you know, super madness. So we don't want to lead people down this track that we're, you know, going to be playing all the madness hits. And also it, it just gave us a bit of a, I don't know, it's a bit different that we weren't called, you know, the madness or, or complete madness or whatever. No disrespect to those guys. These guys were doing it properly for a living. We're buskers, chances that have been given this opportunity and it's a bit of a, a risk. 
And we thought this is going to be a one-off. We're going to play the Dublin Castle. We might get down okay as a sport act. And then we've, we've said we've done it. What an achievement, you know, that kind of thing. So we wanted to write an original song because I thought well, that would give us a bit of kudos. If, you know, if it's not going down very well, at least we can say, well, we wrote our own song. A kind of a madness knockoff, you know, in, this, in the vein of madness, uh, name checking, a lot of references and things that people would know about madness. The idea of making the pop video, which we could shoot at different locations that were in madness videos around Camden Town, including the Dublin, Dublin Castle. So that's what we did. So we wrote a song called Dublin Castle. And um, originally it was going to be about as as buskers, but then we decided let's, you know, let's distance it. Let's write about a character, a bit like, you know, Waterloo Sunset, kind of, you know, Terry and Julie. That's about this myth- mythical girl who's playing, who's busking around Camden on a rainy day, you know, it's hard work. She's trying to, she's trying to raise some money, she's trying to get money in the hat and she makes it back to Dublin Castle in in the dry to listen to her favourite Madness music, have a pint of beer and kind of, you know, and I've, I've tried, you know, I've gone out there and I've tried to make a, make a go at it. Um, so that was the idea for that. And um, yeah, we did the gig and it went really, really well. And we put out a hundred of these CDs and we were signing them and sending them off to all these fans that we never, you know, I thought just get a hundred unlimited edition, <laughs> all in aid of, of the Mad Chat charity. Um, so big up to Mad Chat, to uh, Steve, uh, Steve Farthing and Rob Taverner and Brian and Kieran and all those guys. Um, Cause they give us, you know, they give us the opportunity and without that um, there wouldn't be a uh, bed and breakfast men. So, you know, we, we created a set and um, we'd written a song and that's kind of where we thought it was all going to end. Um, but it didn't. All right. Well, that's amazing <laughs> to me. That's amazing to me because I think, as you might know, I used to be an admin on Mad Chat. Um, yeah, yeah. And I had no idea that we were watching the formation of your band. I mean, I just kind of assumed, I guess, that you guys were fully formed and, you know. A lot of, yeah, that surprised as well. A lot of people, I think because, you know, because we've been playing together since we were kids and okay. because we were related. Um, I don't know whether you know the band Crowded House, but oh, obviously yeah. when so when they put Australian. Woodface, yeah, mm-hmm. so when they put Woodface out, um, the two the two Finn brothers uh, that sing together, a bit like the Everly Brothers, you kind of have got we've got, Nick and I have a similar voice, and we're able to harmonise. And often, you know, we'll swap it round and want to be singing the lead and want to be singing harmony. You can't quite tell yeah. who's doing what, and so we're lucky in that respect. Being related, we've kind of got a close. Uh, our voices are quite similar so they sound I think they sound okay I'm not, I'm not being big-headed <laughs> I think they sound okay harmonizing together um so yeah I think there's a lot of that we're pulling from being young kids and being teenagers with guitars and just messing about we spent so much time together as kids with these tape recorders we did comedy and all sorts of things pretending to be Monty Python and all sorts of things but it was pretending to be this band you know which um, one of one of the lines in uh, in Dublin Castle is two dreamers on a ghost train, which is uh, obviously uh, it's a nod to our house, two dreamers and uh, ghost train, obviously, which is one of our favourite songs. Um, but that's what we thought. We just like two dreamers that kind of had, had, as kids invented this thing. And then it became as we became adults, it became an actual thing. We still can't quite believe it. Um, we still don't take it seriously. That's another good thing. We don't take this too seriously at all um which kind of gave us the opportunity to mess around 
a bit like Madness did in their videos. You know, we're not setting ourselves up as serious musicians. You know, this is two fellas, a, a Madness ukulele tribute band. I mean, how niche do you want to be? Although very low carbon footprint. And should there be, you know, <laughs> should there be, a, a, unfortunately, be a, a power strike or anything like that during our gigs? Well, you know, we can still carry on, folks. So, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it's, it is a bit of a dream. And um but the next the next phase it, it did turn a bit sad after that because we we because um Dublin Cast had gone down so well we thought well we raised quite a bit of money for the charity so let's capitalize on this because we thought it was going to be a one trick pony so we um wrote uh to the moon and back again which is our second single um but then Nick uh, unfortunately went down the leukemia so it's kind of a sad turn and we've been raising money for cancer research charities and just as we were kind of like realizing this dream this daydream would be coming true nick was very very ill during uh, it would have been 2017 so the year after dublin castle so we, we you know we played dublin castle in the march and then we um, released uh no yeah well it, it was we played march 2017 we quickly came up with a new song and we're playing again in, in december and unfortunately nick was so ill i had to play on my own and uh, it was tough. I mean, make, making the video was really, really tough because we kept, kept it quite secret and Nick didn't want to make a big deal about it. But I was heartbroken. I was really, I was, remember that we were, I got the news while me and my wife were making the single cover and Nick just rang me up and said, I, I'm not going to be able to practice and play. And it was, yeah, it was tough.
We pushed through it and um, Dublin Castle, we managed to get a friend of ours, Cheza, which again, we might talk about later on, is a very good black artist, managed to get Lee Thompson playing Mr. Moon in the pop video. So uh, if you watch uh, To the Moon back again, right at the very end, it's revealed that Lee Thompson is a moon. He takes his mask off. We filmed that uh, down in London. Again, while Nick was ill, we had to piece it together. And there's bits where Nick and I are driving around in the Morris Minor van and he was really poorly, but he's in the Morris Minor is not the most comfortable car, folks. <laughs> I drive one daily. It's, you know, you know, it's, it's the focus of driving in my car and, you know, it is, uh, it is a very old fashioned vehicle. Um, so for him to do that, I remember having to stop and, you know, we had to take it easy, but we, we completed the pop video and we made, and it's quite, you know, it's a, a, a joyous, uh, a little film and uh yeah and and luckily well thankfully uh nick became well and uh recovered and uh we were then get, able to go on and do other 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 songs but uh yeah it was that was a real roller coaster because i remember i i went down to minehead and i went on, <laughs> on the stage doing uh i did Dublin castle on the uh the talent competition that they had uh manhead's got talent and uh it was really tough you know, knowing that Nick couldn't come and I was doing it on my own. And, uh, yeah, um, but just so, you know, you have the show must go on. And um, and like I say, Nick didn't want to make a big deal about it and still doesn't. So he'll probably be listening to this going, you, what are you telling everybody this for? But I think it needs to be said because, again, people just think that we were a gigging band that were doing lots of work together. And we weren't, you know, we were basically two buskers that, um, that got lucky. Um, so obviously when we put the singles out, um, if you've heard them folks, if you've heard Dublin Castle or To The Moon and Back, it's not just me playing a ukulele and two harmonies. We actually go into a studio and, uh, we work with session musicians. We work with a great guy called George Odom and we call Nice Man George. And he's like the magic. He's our George Martin, really. He's the guy behind the scenes that makes, turns us from, you know, a double act. I call us a cheap music hall act or a vaudeville act. It's more, it is an act more than a band, I must say. We, we, if you see us live on stage, we are laughing and joking around. There's lots of stupid hats and comic asides in between. It's more of a, you know, Abbott Costello, that kind of thing. But George turns us into uh, an actual band for the, for the duration of those recordings. <laughs> so I want to thank George as well. And also, um, after we did Dublin Castle, uh, Peggy, Henry and Allo Conlon, who you will... No, uh, uh, the Conlans were in, in, in control of Dublin Castle when Madness were signed. It was down to Allo Senior who, you know, they were given the chance to, to have uh, residency back in the back room and, and play and get a, get, get a big fan following. 
but they asked if they could put um, a photograph of, as a signed photograph of, of us above the bar. Now that's like kind of like, well, yeah, sure you can. Oh, if you send us a photograph down, sign photo in a frame, we'll put it above the bar. So if you ever make it to Dublin Castle, folks, and you look above the bar, and this still amazes me to this day, there is Madness, obviously, there's Amy Winehouse, there's Travis, and there's a photograph of the bed and breakfast men, two chancers or dreamers uh, above the bar. And uh, I'm lucky to say that I did get to interview Fran Healy from Travis in Hollywood. And when we got, when we got to the end of the interview, I said to him, do you remember the Dublin Castle? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, great place. Yeah, I know, I know the Codlin family. Yeah, I know the Dublin Castle. Well, I said, well, I've got a photograph of the bar next, next to your photograph. <laughs> That's, that's absolutely so cool. that's crazy that's, that's just so nuts cool. isn't it? it doesn't happen and and our song is also on the jukebox which is fun if you go double o on the jukebox there's a you can get all the the bed and breakfast current bed and breakfast men uh, back catalog uh, which are they're all charity singles they're all for different charities so again that's fantastic to go in there uh, as we do and you know uh, henry said as long as as long as he's around our photograph is going to be above the bar, or as long as somebody hasn't got a screwdriver. Uh, <laughs> um. Don't be standing in the wings for too long. There are some things you can't hide. Take a cue from all your favourite songs. All those opportunities will pass you by. Make a leap without a safety net. Sound up the front for every show All the laughter and the joking around If you turn back now, well I guess you'll never know Life is better when we sit on the clowns You can't enjoy the us without a few downs We're stalling, it's calling you Into the limelight, limelight Two shadows in the spotlight so Limelight, limelight, two shadows in the spotlight so bright. 
But that's fantastic. I mean, you know, as kids, right. we couldn't have been, couldn't have dreamt of things like that, and it's just wonderful. And that's through Mad Chat and through the love of the fans and and uh, the fact that you know everybody's got a good sense of humour and uh, you just you know it's great to be a part of that. Even for us, even if it falls off tomorrow, it's like you know we've been up there with the greats. <laughs> Dublin Castle, obviously, spiritual home of madness. So that's so exciting. Yes. Did I see that you're going to be playing there November 26th? Yes. So um, you might remember I mentioned uh, Chesa, Nick uh, Chesa Chesney. So, yeah, so he passed away last September and we were, he basically, he became, uh, he was in our, our videos, um, Cameo. So he was supposed to be the compare the day that we played the very first gig back in 2017 he was supposed to be the compare but if anybody knows Chesler, he's uh sometimes he, he can be there and sometimes he, he's, he disappears so he wasn't there to be compare and he was supposed to come up on stage and sing uh, in the middle of the night with us so we came off stage and i'd never met this mythical character called nick Chesler chesney and so he came off stage went to the bar and this larger than life character is waltzing across the bar with a guitar that he's bought from next door, a record shop next door to Dublin Castle, which is signed by every member of Madness. And I said to him, I said, hey, you. I said, you were supposed to be introducing us on stage. And he's like, oh, hello, ducky. He used to talk like that. And uh, I felt like thumping in one, but it, he bought me a drink and we sat down and became the best of friends. And then he wanted to be in our pop videos. And I said, well, I don't know about that. You know, got it's difficult enough as it is trying to trying to do this stuff, race around with the camera and get these pop videos. But he, uh, legend has it, I know this is true, because again, this is, a, this is a guy that, um, in, our, in, in the song we've just written about him, um, I have the line, uh, don't believe a bleeding word he says. But apparently he went to school with Lee Thompson's wife, Debbie. So he knows the Thompsons quite well, as, as you will see, getting, uh, getting Lee in our video uh, to, to the moon and back. So Cheddar played roles in he was in he was into the moon and back and he played the role of my great grandfather Billy Burton the stand-up comedian music hall comedian in Limelight he's in that with a with a uh, ventriloquist dummy he's in black and white he's playing the piano and all that kind of thing and then in 1979 he played Doctor Who of all people <laughs> in a TARDIS going backwards and forwards in time. Bye. 
on a song called um more than enough um and he was he was going to play some roles in that it was going to be a devil and, a, and an angel and uh scrooge but unfortunately he passed away uh quite suddenly last year and as you know it was uh we're still going through covid and those kind of things so we weren't able to do the celebrations and things that we wanted to do and so i was on holiday this year and i just came up with this song arman chairs it kind of like just fell out of me it's a bit Ian Deary, it's a bit, uh, it's one of those songs where, you you know, like Last Ragged Bone Man or those songs, uh, what's the other one that, that Suggs wrote recently about, um, about the woman who's, uh, she plays the one-armed bandit. Pam the Hawk. Pam the Hawk. So it's that kind of song where you're, you know, trying to capture, I'm trying to capture all of Chess's larger-than-life uh, qualities. And anybody that was around Clapham or Camden or Dublin Castle or Minehead, you know, people who didn't know him personally knew of him. And uh, this is just a, a tip of the hat to uh, to Nick Chesa Chesney. It's called Our Man Ches. So we've come up with a bed and breakfast, which is on the 26th of November at the Dublin Castle with uh, Support Act, the Rye Dogs, which is George Odom's band with Wayne Kelly. And Wayne works with me. Big thanks to Wayne, who also helps with the pop videos and does a lot behind the scenes because we can't, you know, just two of us, we can't do this all on our own. But yeah, it's a proper, going to be a proper festival. We're going to be doing our our songs and the new song and then we launch an, a studio version of that uh, in December. But hopefully, I don't know when this is going out, folks, but you never know, This our man Chez might be playing. November 12th. November 12th. We might be able to send you a preview copy or a work in progress, cool. which would be great to get a, get a little, little taster of it. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a beautiful tribute for Chezer too, because he and I, I, I never met him personally, but he and I used to be Facebook friends and you're absolutely right. He was absolutely larger than life. And, and I mean, he, he just kind of ran the gamut of, you know, I mean, he could just be a fantastic <laughs> dick sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. well, that's in the song, and that is in the song. There's, there's lines, uh, yeah, there's there's all sorts, yeah. I can't really go into too much because I want to see you know, right. defamation of character, or right, <laughs> you know, right, right, right. Although we were big friends, and um, yeah, he was a good guy, we had, we had a lot of respect for each other. And uh, in the only short time that we knew each other, 
Um, he did a lot for the band and we had some fantastic laughs together. But yeah, he, he was king of the promising to do one thing and then doing another, disappearing. You know, yeah. he'd be there one minute and he'd be gone the next. Um, but uh, Ow! Sorry, big, my cat just bit me. Sorry. That wasn't me, folks. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the UK. My arms are not that long. Um, yeah, so, uh, and it's all in... All in uh, in uh, raising money for Mind Charity, which I don't know if you have that in the States, but um, it's a mental health charity that was Chesa's favourite charity. So, yeah, we're going to raise as much as we can for Mind Charity. And, uh, yeah, the video will be coming out in um, in December too. We've gone back to Dublin Castle. There's some mad chatters in there. There is a special guest from the band Madness. That we, I, can't, I can't say any more. It's an exclusive. <laughs> I can't say any more, but... Yeah, eagle-eyed folks will spot a man wearing a fez, and uh, yeah, um, we don't we don't know whether this will be our last single. It could be this could be our swan song, could be the end, but uh, we don't know. Um, but uh, it's uh, we've waited a couple of years, obviously with the lockdown, to to put something new out, and it just felt great to be able to. I think it'd be tickled pink, Chesa, if he's yeah. wherever he is. Um, he liked to be the centre of attention. He liked to be <laughs> a song and dance man. Uh, could call it a show off. We call it, you know, a bon vivant, a character. That's a fantastic tribute for him. And, and yeah. to be able to, uh, you know, and to donate to his charity like that. So that's that's so cool. The thing about madness, let's just go back to madness. It's, this is not off topic. This is kind of, madness brings people together. Um, I've a... I've always found that their songs, you know, lift your spirits, even the, even songs like Grey Day, yeah. even songs that you think might on the surface be quite negative. They're not, they're, they're, they can say stuff. I can say things, serious things in a, in a jolly way. And even they can write a song about homelessness, which, you know, is really catchy and lifts your spirits. And I'm not saying we're anything like them at all, but that's what our aim was to be, to make songs that are, you know, that can hopefully cheer you up. And um, even if you don't know Chesa or you've not been to the Dublin Castle or any of these things, we hope that they resonate. And you can see that we're be- it's a homage. You know, there's, there's an old saying, it's not where you take it from, it's where you take it to. So you could say that we're rip-off merchants or you could say that it's a fantastic homage <laughs> to our heroes of madness. Um, but yeah, it's, an, it's just nice to be able to do that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, I think online, we've all lent on uh, YouTube, Facebook, podcasts, all these kind of things during COVID. But it's great to get back in front of a, an audience and, uh, and meet people again. It's because it, um, we've all lost people, you know, um, not just through COVID, but, you know, from being, you spend two years away from people. And unfortunately, that is it's the sadness of life. But, um, yeah, madness, even with their songs, you know, like uh, Drip Fed Fred, getting in jewellery. It was very at the time and to be on the record and to uh, be on the pop video is such a fine tribute to their hero. Um, and they would say they used to, they used to say they were ripping off or, um, but in uh, during the blockheads, but I think Ian was, you know, he used to say, Oh no, oh, no, I'm not having that. You're your own kind of band. And, you know, it's all, it's all part of a tradition that goes back to British music hall. I believe, you know, it runs through the Beatles and the kinks and a lot of these bands, it runs through madness and, you know, hopefully we're picking up a bit on that. And uh, I don't I hope people don't think that we're just, we're just trying to cash in on their name or anything like that, because that's why, you know, that's why we went with the bed and breakfast, man. It's like, if you know, if you're a Madness fan, you know that song, you know. 
you're not a Madness fan, you probably don't. And so it just sounds like a very weird name to call a band. <laughs> wow. Polly, I, I don't know that we have anything else to add, do we? I have one more thing. And you can, again, you can cut this out or you can rearrange no, it. Oh, no matter. Go right for it. But I'd, at the beginning of this, I don't know whether we were recording or not, but um, I'm a filmmaker by trade. And I got into filmmaking, I'd say, because one of Lowell and Hardy, when I was watching Lowell and Hardy as a kid, but also the Madness Pop videos, which I had on VHS. And I used to watch, there was two volumes, Complete Madness and Utter Madness at the time. And I used to watch these pop videos and how they were put together and uh, all that kind of thing. And so I made a film, before The Bed and Breakfast Men, I made a film called Morris, a minor documentary. And I was putting it together because I drive a Morris Minor. Now, people who have heard the song Driving in My Car might recognise it says Morris on the door. The GPO owned it before. The GPO being the, um, the post office in the UK. And Madness, they drove uh, old post office Morris Minor vans. So I'd started making this little film and I was on Twitter. And I thought, again, a bit of a dream, a bit of a daydream. I'm going to send this off to Mike Barson, who came up with, uh, as you know, wrote driving in my car and ask him if he'll be in my film thinking you know this long shot this is never going to happen within a day he gets back to me uh, I'd sent him a clip of uh, it was all about young people using Morris Miners because you don't need road tax you can fix them yourself and they're very very low insurance so a lot of young people there's like a, a little hardcore of young uh, drivers that are keeping Morris Miners going and I drive Morris Miners so I think um Driving in my car doesn't get a lot of love by a lot of people, but the people that love it really, really love it. And it's often featured in films and documentaries, things in the background to do with cars, you know, and driving and road trips and that kind of thing. So he agreed and um, we met him. He, uh, I found a pub down in London with a piano not far from his house and he came down on his bicycle on his own. I don't, you know, when you arrange these things, you think this is never going to happen. He's not going to turn up. We're always going to turn up with an entourage. You're going to get like five minutes tops. And so we had the camera set upstairs in front of a piano. And, uh, you know, I, I get to meet Mike Barson, who, you know, front room, my granny's bedroom. Had, sorry, my granny's front room that had a piano. And we, me and Nick used to play and, and, and mess around with all these madness songs. And I get to meet Mike Barson. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's in, if, if you go on YouTube, Morris and Minor documentary, Mike gives a, gives a fantastic interview and he, we were there for about an hour and he told us loads of stuff that's not in the, that's nothing to do with uh, Morris Myers, which is more about madness. Um, but again, in a little way, I got Nick to play Mike Barson in Morris Minor documentary. So we got a van, an old uh, madness style van, post office van. And as Mike's talking about how he wrote the song when he was working for Five Bananas advertising and delivering these posters around London and trying to get the window down with a bit of trouble and listening to uh, Ring My Bell on the radio and all this kind of thing around the 70s. Um, Nick's, Nick, the other bed and breakfast man, is, is acting as, because uh, he's tall, he's in a, in a jacket, shot from behind, you know, all this kind of thing, disguising him. He's playing Mike Barson. Apparently it's the first time that anybody has played Mike Barson. So again, that was great. Um, <laughs> But again, that brought me and Nick together. And obviously we, that was kind of me getting onto Mad Chat and uh, putting that out there to try and connect with other Madness fans. So, you know, that is part of it. And, you know, I've met Mike, who's fantastic, fantastic bloke. We had a lovely time and we've met Lee and uh, I'm not going to 
spoil anything else going forwards. But um, yeah, the, you know, meeting your heroes is fantastic. These little, just these little ideas. And I imagine you guys are the same. You've come up with this fantastic idea for a podcast and being in the States where it's, it's niche, you know, ukulele uh, madness bands is niche, but I imagine in the size of America, <laughs> you guys are niche as well. But, you know, niche is, is where things are at, isn't it? If you get a lot of people together, like-minded people, it's, it's, a, it's a really good way to enthuse about things that you love. Um, so, yeah, that's that, that film Morris and Minor documentary was, I think, integral in uh, in Ben and Breakfast Men getting together somewhere down the line and also, you know, Mad Chat and, uh, and us having a, you know, a little bit of a connection with physically with badness and um, yeah. So check out Driving In My Car, folks. We've not actually covered that. Again, anybody knows the song. There's a lot of sound effects, which would be highly impossible to do on a ukulele, unless we blew into it or something, or, or I hit it on Nick's head in some way. But yeah, I just thought I'd, I'd add that little bit in because that might, that's, you know, meeting uh, meeting Mike and and uh, that was, I think that spurred us on to, to do stuff, yeah. Fantastic. Oh, that's so cool. Where can we find Bed and Breakfast Men? Well, you can find the Bed and Breakfast Men on Twitter, um, which is BNB Men at BNB Men. Uh, we're on Facebook, which I think is just type in the Bed and Breakfast Men. Um, but YouTube is where all our videos that I was talking about, um, which we do in front of a red curtain, as though we're on stage, you know, as though we're, we're this old fashioned music hall vaudeville act on stage in front of a red curtain, but it's really obviously the trick of a camera. But yeah, if you go on YouTube, uh, just type in the Bed and Breakfast Men. You're probably going to find Bed and Breakfast Man, the single, and the pop video, which is great. Check that out if, you, if you're not a fan and you've never heard of it. But yeah, um, so yeah, like, subscribe, comment. It's great to hear what people think of us doing cover versions of things like, you know, Coldest Day and uh, a lot of these songs that, you know, no one's... We try and find the stuff that no one's done. We get a kick out of that. Even if it doesn't have many views, it's still you still get comments from people going, "That's my favorite song," and you've covered it, and nobody else has ever covered that, and that's great because it's the stuff that we love that we've you know we haven't heard play live. And we're like thinking, can you know can you play Michael Caine live and do the impersonations and all that kind of thing? Oh, well, let's see, you know. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find us. Thanks, right. Thanks so much. Thank have you. a good day. You too. We'll be in contact. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. You take care of yourselves. Wow. That was awesome. So many good stories, don't you think? Uh, That it was. And uh, lovely to hear from somebody out there who's really carrying the Madness banner and is really enthusiastic about it. So thanks again to Matt uh, for that fantastic interview. You know, it was really cool to hear how everything kind of came about as a result of the Madness fan community. You know, he mentioned Steve Farthing, uh, who, who I'm friends with online, Robert Taverner, and how fortunate we are as fans to be alive in this age of social media where we can connect with each other like this, because there's no way that I would have met any of these people, for example, if not for social media. And uh, and then look what came of this, right? I mean, this is a, a uh, bona fide band. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very cool. And that is very nearly the end of the episode then, as we are like to do. We've picked out a special closing song, and it was referenced a little bit earlier in the podcast. This is Dublin Castle by the Bed and Breakfast Men. We'll be back in two weeks. Thank you again for listening. It's a goodbye for me. And that's a goodbye for me. Go get a beer, Stateside Madness. At Dublin Castle, if you can. Stay.